and it said 20 ways to lose 20 pounds, hairstyles to make you look younger and better, and instantly slimming fashion tricks. And as I looked at those, I thought, I bet those aren't geared towards the men. Somehow, I don't think they worry about stuff like that. No, they're geared towards us. And you can't help but feel a little bit inadequate when you read all those things and you see all those perfect faces on the magazine. I heard a young woman interviewed um, recently, and she had just overcome breast cancer, and she had also lost 60 pounds. And yet her whole focus was on her poor body image and her what she called large thighs. And in light of what Pastor Ann shared last week, I thought, boy, she's really believing a lie. Right, ladies? Um, she was focusing, instead of on her accomplishments, she was focusing on her shortcomings. And that was so easy to see. Just last week, if you saw the news at all, there was a newscaster who had been criticized publicly for her weight, and she let the whole world know that she was more than just a number on a scale. And I thought, you go, girl. You know, really, we are more than a number on a scale. We're more than our hairdo. We're more than our fashions. We're much, much more than that in God's eyes. And ladies, there's truth in those statements for each one of us. And that's why we need to reassure and encourage and always learn from one another. As I was working on this study, I was think of, thinking of some of the funny lessons that I've learned from my friends along the way. One, uh, my friend shared with me years ago that she and her husband had gone out to brunch after church one Sunday. And she said the waitress sat them in the very back of the restaurant. And so she said she got up to use the ladies' room, and as she came back through the room, she was visiting and talking to everybody that she knew. And the waitress came running up to her and said, Excuse me, your skirt is tucked inside your pantyhose. And she said, Is my bottom showing? And the waitress said the whole thing. And she said she fixed her skirt, grabbed her hungry husband, and ran out of there as fast as she could. But through that, less, that story, she taught me a valuable lesson. Whenever I have a skirt on and you go to the restroom, you always do this lots of times to make sure everything is right where it should be. That's a good lesson. I also learned a lesson um, myself kind of the hard way. I was at church one Sunday morning, and this gal came up to me, and I said to her, are you ever going to have that baby? And she said, I did. She's right over there. And I was horrified. My daughter was standing by me, and she took off running and just kind of left me standing there by myself with my foot in my mouth. And as quickly as I could, I said, well, you look wonderful. You just have the same shirt on that you had last time I saw you. You know, it's funny the things that we can learn. My daughter learned a good lesson that day. Never ask anybody when her baby is due. Don't even say, are you pregnant, unless you're sure. We learn lessons. And let's face it, ladies, there are some things in lives that we only learn from our girlfriends, right? Because men just don't really understand PMS or menopause or hormones or lack thereof, hot flashes. You can explain all you want. Amen, sister. You can explain all you want, but they don't really get it. 
how about gravity and what it can really do to the human body? Men just don't get that. They don't get it and they don't really care. That's why it's so wonderful that we meet together each and every week because we encourage each other, we inspire each other, and most of all, we understand each other. You can laugh here, you can cry, and nobody will tease you or make fun of you for doing so. It's a safe place. And Pastor Ann reminded us that there's strength in numbers. So we want to encourage, pray for, and inspire one another along the way. And it's just a blessing when we do so. So let's take advantage of our time together. And let's pray and just give this time to God. Father, we thank you so much for just this opportunity that we have to gather together each week to connect with you and to connect with one another. And I pray your anointing upon our time, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would just speak to us through your word and bless this time as we commit it into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, last week, Pastor Ann reminded us what most of us already know, and that's that we have a real enemy or an adversary that is in the business of lying to us and deceiving us, just as he did to Eve in the garden. And he still wants us to doubt God's truth by sending those negative thoughts our way. You're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not thin enough, you're not young enough, whatever it is, you're not worthy enough. That's what he really wants you to think. But she also reminded us that not only are those things lies, but they're traps at, as well that will, can cause discouragement and depression and despair as all of our focus becomes inward. We considered how these lies can really affect our perspective, not only on our life, but our image, our capabilities, and our self-worth. Have you ever thought to yourself, I could never do that? There's no way I could never do that. Well, you know what? You can do all things God calls you to do. So that is a lie from the enemy. We looked at Proverbs 31.10 and that virtuous woman found there that is said to be far above rubies. Her worth is far above rubies. And I love the definition that Pastor Ann gave us of virtuous. She said she's not weak and wimpy and insecure, but she's strong, worthy, courageous. She's a woman who's able to rise up in the face of adversity in a warlike manner and she's a force to be reckoned with because of the strength of God working in her life. So ladies, God is calling each one of us to be virtuous women and as we continue on our session together, I want you to keep that thought in mind. It's a great call, it's a great expectation and it's a wonderful goal for each one of us to strive for as well. We don't want to be complacent or comfortable in who we are as Christian women, but we always want to seek and desire more of God and more of his qualities in our life. It will make a difference in our families, in our marriages, in our communities, and I believe in the world around us. So we don't want to be led astray anymore by our circumstances, our feelings, our thoughts, and emotions, because those things change all the time, don't we? don't they? We want to be guided by the Holy Spirit and the truth of his word. 
So this morning we're going to look at another virtuous woman in the Bible, and she's a woman of strong and noble character, and her name is Ruth. Like I said, it's always good to learn from women who have gone before us because we can grow as we examine their strengths and their weaknesses, although in Ruth I really didn't see any weaknesses to be found. For the sake of time, I'm just going to kind of give a summary of the story. But I do encourage you, if you get a chance this week, to read through the book of Ruth. It's four chapters long. And keep in mind the things that we've talked about this week, and I think you will really be blessed. The book of Ruth is a beautiful love story of loyalty and grace and redemption. And it takes place in a time of history when there was a lot of famine in the land of Judah. And um, it focuses on a Jewish family who travels from Judah to find relief from the famine in Moab. Ruth is a Moabite young woman living in that land. And she marries into this Jewish family. But she soon becomes a widow along with her mother-in-law and her sister-in-law. So keep in mind that these were dark and evil times in which to live, where people lived to please themselves and not God. It was a dangerous time, for there were wars between the two countries. It was an unsettled time. There was no king, no authority, and no laws, so to speak. So it certainly wasn't a safe place for three widowed women to find themselves alone. If you look at Ruth's life, you'll see that she faced a lot of hardships and obstacles along the way. First of all, she was widowed at a very young age. She didn't expect that, I'm sure. Secondly, she was most likely poor and destitute, and widows were often taken advantage of in the, those days. And also, she lived in a time of disobedience, and idolatry and of violence. So you can see her life was difficult. I'm sure if you talked to her, she would say things did not go exactly as I planned. And that's true of each one of us, isn't it, in one way or another. We kind of write out the story of our life, but things don't always go just as we plan. She could have easily given up or given in to the situation, but we see that something rises up inside of Ruth as she comes to a crossroads, so to speak. After a bit of time, her mother-in-law, Naomi, decides to take her two daughter-in-laws and travel back to her homeland in Judah. And um, she urges uh, the girls after a while, she says, stay behind in Moab with your mother and your family because you'll have a better chance of remarrying if you do that. And the one daughter-in-law did exactly that. She went back to her homeland. But Ruth decided to stay with Naomi and leave it all behind. And the key verse in Ruth is really found in chapter 1, verse 16, where she, it says she clung to Naomi saying, wherever you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. So you see, Ruth made a commitment at this time to Naomi and to the God that she served. And as you continue to read through the book, you'll see that over the course of time, she ends up back in Judah with Naomi, and she gleans from the fields at harvest time, 
she meets Boaz, who owns the field and was related to Naomi's husband. She feeds herself and Naomi. She ends up marrying Boaz, which I'm sure she hadn't expected. She has a son named Obed, leading to the line of Jesus, the promised Messiah. So it's very easy to see that Ruth played a very important role in history. And her character traits led her to be known as a woman of virtue and of strength. And that's really what I want to focus on this morning. What character traits made Ruth a woman of virtue? So if you're a note taker like I am, get your little pencils ready. And we're going to look at four character traits in Ruth that made her known as a virtuous woman. First of all, Ruth became faithful to God. As we consider her words, she assures Naomi, your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Now remember, she came from the land of Moab where they worshipped many gods, many false gods. So this was a crucial commitment that she was making here. You could say it was decision time for Ruth. She was going to either stay in Moab and worship as she had, or she was going to give up everything she knew and everything that was familiar to her to follow Naomi and worship the true and living God of Israel. And you know, the Bible tells us that there comes decision time for each one of us. None of us can serve two masters, the Bible tells us. We have to make a choice in our life. There comes that choice for each one of us, just as Ruth, to follow God, or to continue in the ways of the world as we have done. She could have chosen what was familiar and what was easy for her, but she didn't do that. She chose to be faithful to God and faithful to his word. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 4.2 that as servants of Christ, we have been entrusted with secret things of God, and those given a trust must prove faithful. So we want to be women who are found faithful to God. In other words, when we commit to him, we are to follow him, do what he tells us to do, and go where he tells us to go. He guides us not only through his word, but also through his Holy Spirit. And we see, as we read through the book of Ruth, how he guided her life. Another wonderful attribute, number two in Ruth, was her loyalty to her mother-in-law, Naomi. Now, I'm not sure when mother-in-laws began to get such a bad rap. And now that I am one, I really don't get it because I think I'm pretty okay. But we've all heard jokes and funny comments regarding mother-in-laws. Someone even wrote that Adam and Eve were probably the happiest couple on earth because neither one of them had a mother-in-law. And I don't know about that, but we see a very different relationship with Ruth and Naomi because these two women obviously loved each other. We see that love of Ruth as she clung to her mother-in-law. And I was thinking, obviously, Naomi... Naomi's life was a powerful example and witness to this young girl for God because Ruth was drawn not only to her, but to the God that she served as well. Her life must have impacted Ruth in a powerful way, and we mother-in-laws have that influence, don't we, over our children and our in-laws, hopefully good influence. 
She gave up everything she knew to stay with Naomi and to commit her life to God. And we see that commitment in chapter 1 because no one would have blamed Ruth if she had gone back to her family and remarried. The other daughter-in-law did that. No one would have blamed her. But her love and loyalty were with Naomi. And together, these two women traveled on to Judah. And Ruth made her home in a new land, in a new culture. And she cared for her mother-in-law, gleaning in the fields at harvest time. I couldn't help but notice the selfless attitude of both of these women. Philippians 2.3 tells us to do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. And we saw that in both Ruth and Naomi. They both cared more for the other one's need. Naomi saw more of a future if Ruth had a state for Ruth if she stayed back in Moab. Ruth, on the other hand, was more concerned about caring for Naomi. And um, that meant leaving everything she knew behind. And God blessed their selfless attitudes and their loyalties in ways that only he could do. I was thinking loyalty is such a beautiful quality, and I think it's one that each one of us could use more and more of in our lives today. As Christian women, we want to be found loyal to God and to his word, to our husband and our marriage, to our children and our family, to our parents, and to each other as well. Loyalty brings about security. Security brings confidence. And confidence brings strength into any relationship for sure. So let's strive to be faithful, loyal women who others can rely and depend upon because of those traits rising up inside of us. So not only was Ruth faithful to God and loyal to Naomi, as you read the story, you'll also see that she was a very diligent, hard-working woman. In chapter 2, we read that she gleaned from the fields to harvest food for both she and Naomi. She didn't just sit around and wait for help to come to her. She got out there, she got busy, and she did what she could do. In Ecclesiastics 9.10, Solomon tells us that whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. And we probably aren't gleaning in the fields at harvest time. Some of us may be, I don't know. But if you're a homemaker caring for your children and your husband, do it with all your might. If you're a student going to school, study and learn with all your might. And if you work outside of the home, be the most diligent, hard-working woman you can be. It's so good and so fulfilling to learn the lesson of hard work. Paul puts it like this in Ephesians 4.28. He says, do something useful with your own hands that you may have something to share with those in need. Years ago, and I might have shared this before, I don't remember, but years ago we were at a church where ladies made quilts. And I was talking with Vera, I think it was this week, because she's a quilt maker. But these ladies would gather together every Tuesday morning and they would make quilts. And when they got done, they would lay hands on the quilt, pray over it, and then they would take it to a hospital or someone who was housebound and they would just bless that person. 
Not only was that person blessed, but these ladies were blessed beyond belief. They were so excited about the ministry God had given them. They also gathered clothes to take down to an orphanage in Mexico, and they would wash and iron each and every piece so that it looked just perfect as it went out the door. And these women didn't let their age or their lack of skills hold them down. They did what they could to make the difference in the world around them. And actually, they ended up setting an example for the whole church to follow of what can be done with a bit of determination and diligence and hard work. The book of Proverbs, I'm sure as you've read through it, you've seen the contrast between the diligent person and the lazy person. In Proverbs 14.23, we read that all work brings profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. And when I think of mere talk, I think of kind of procrastination. You know how we sometimes talk about it, talk about it, but we don't ever get busy? I think that's what they mean there. It's hard work that pays off in the long run. And don't we all feel good? I'm a list maker. On Monday morning, I always sit down and I make a list of everything I want to accomplish that week. And I love checking them off and scratching them off. And at the end of the week, it just feels so good to see that I've accomplished the things I wanted to get done. So let's not procrastinate. Let's get busy. Let's work with our hands and do what we can, whatever God has put before us. You might be a stay-at-home mom, or you might run a huge corporation. It doesn't really matter. Do your job with diligence to the best of your ability. My youngest daughter has two little ones at home, and she runs a business out of her home. She's a busy young wife and mother. And she was sharing with me the other night that she was giving the kids a bath, and Isabel said to her, you just love giving us a bath and drying us off and making a little snack for us, don't you? And Erin said, she kind of smiled to herself because bath time is the end of a busy day. She's worn out. She's tired. But I encouraged her. Isabel sees nothing but love and care in that bath time. That's an awesome thing. No matter what it is, we want to do it to the best of our ability, don't we? Um, Ruth's life, because of her faithfulness, because of her loyalty, and because of her hard work, Number four, she became a woman with a good reputation. In chapter two, Boaz said, I have been told about you. And in chapter three, he said, all my fellow townsmen know that you are a woman of noble character. How did they know that? Her reputation had preceded her. It had gone before her. He had heard only good things about Ruth. And... Um, she, was, she had worked hard, and her attitude and her, her behavior proved a good reputation. And boy, that's something each one of us want to acquire. It's a wonderful quality. Proverbs 22.1 says, A good name is more desirable than great riches, and to be esteemed is far better than even silver or gold. The Message Bible puts it like this, a sterling reputation is better than striking it rich, and a gracious spirit is better even than money in the bank. So our good reputation is not only earned, but it's developed, it's worked on, and it needs to be protected. As Christian women, we want to value and guard our good name and our good reputation. 
first of all, because we represent God. Secondly, we represent our family. And third, we represent our church everywhere we go. Someone once said it's easier to acquire a good reputation than it is to lose a bad one. And I'm sure we've seen that to be true. Proverbs 3, 3 and 4 tell us this. It says, never let loyalty or kindness get away from you, but wear them like a necklace and write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will gain a good reputation. And we want to gain a good reputation. In Ephesians, it tells us to live as children of light in goodness and righteousness and truth and to be careful how you live, not as unwise women, but as wise women, making the most of each and every opportunity. So let's each one of us take time this week to consider our life and our character in light of Ruth's example. Faithfulness to God, loyalty to others, diligent and hardworking, and a woman of good reputation. Over the course of our time together, I think we'll see that we can learn much from examples in the Bible. These are traits we want to apply to our life. Let's strive to be like Ruth and become a woman of virtue and noble character. We want others to look at us and desire the qualities that we have because of God working in our life. Ruth was a respected, godly woman, and she rose to the occasion, and God blessed her for that. So if you're in the midst of hard times or difficult situation, consider these instructions in Proverbs 4 verses 10 through 13. It says, listen and accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many, and I will guide you in the way of wisdom, and I will lead you along straight paths. And when you walk, your steps will not be hampered, and when you run, you will not stumble. Isn't that the way we want to go through life, following God closely, that we won't stumble along the way? You might look at your life and think, man, I fall short in a lot of these areas. You know what? Most of us do. But remember, ladies, our life is a work in progress. None of us have arrived. None of us are perfect. And the Bible assures us that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Remember, it's the Holy Spirit that enables us to be Christ-like each and every day as we grow and mature in him. One of my favorite scriptures is found in Philippians 4.13, and it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I know my own weaknesses, and I know how inadequate I am, but I stand on that scripture in everything God brings before me, trusting and believing that if he called me to do it, he will equip me to do it. And I learned early on also that in the original language, all means all. He will help us in all things to do what he calls us to do. So let's close by looking at a few lessons that we can learn from Ruth's life as a virtuous woman. Number one, God can bring good out of every heartache and disappointment that we face in life if we turn it all over to him. 
Romans 8.28 tells us that God can work all things together for good to those who love him and are the called according to his purpose. Like Ruth, he can turn your tragedy into triumph. He can turn your ashes into beauty. I was talking with um, one of the gals at my table, and I remember last year she had been praying for a husband. This year she comes back and tells me God brought her a husband. Not only did he bring her a husband, but it was like the last guy she expected on earth, but it was a perfect man for her. And that's exactly how God works. He can bring ashes into and, and beauty in our life, bring uh, beauty into our life if we just trust our situation with him and not try so hard to work it out ourselves. Number two, God blesses our obedience and he honors our decisions to follow after him. Ruth made a huge sacrifice leaving her homeland and going with Naomi, but God blessed her for that decision. Number three, God loves and cares about all people. Remember, Ruth was a poor, widowed woman, considered a bit of an outcast in her time. But God looks at our hearts, not our appearance, and not our outward circumstance. And number four, and I think most importantly, God wants to use each and every one of us to make a difference in the lives and world around us. Matthew 6.33 says, If we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all other things will be added unto us. And to seek him is to turn to him, to trust him for help and guidance and provision that we need. He came through for Ruth, and he will do the same for each of us as we follow and put all of our trust in him. Amen, ladies? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for the beautiful example of Ruth in our life, of that noble, virtuous qualities that she has. And I pray for each one of us, Lord. We want to be faithful to you. We want to be loyal to others. We want to be diligent and hardworking. And we want to be women of good reputation because we're following hard after you. So bless us this week as we consider those traits, Lord, and help us to be the women that you want us to be. In Jesus' name we pray.